Wow, what a great night. And uh, amazing how it works out. Tonight, our house habit is we honor consistently. We honor consistently. You know, it's, it's easy to, to honor people like this that are so amazing and so, so worthy of the honor uh, that, they, that they have received. And um, I'm just so, I am so proud uh, just to say that I know them but then have the opportunity to, to be their pastor is one of the greatest joys and privileges in my life. Um, tonight, uh, for our first Wednesday, you know, our, our first Wednesdays here at North Point, we are always going over our house habits. We have 12 house habits here, and so far this year, we started off in January talking about we live on. We have a habit here in this house that we live on. We live on through adversity. We live on through difficulty. We live on through disappointment and discouragement. We live on. How do we get to live on through those things? Because we live on the truth of the Word of God. We live on His promises, and because of that, we get to live a life that lives on. And then in February, we talked about we love big. You know, we don't have time to love small. There is no time for small love. We have to love big. God opened up his arms wide for us, and we open up our arms wide for one another. We love big because God so loved the world, and we say that so love is big love. And if God so loved the world and he gave us so much love, then we've got to return that love to those that he loves. And then last month, we talked about we protect unity. We protect unity. Unity is so valuable in the body of Christ. And the Bible says that where there is unity, God commands his blessing. And so if you want the blessing of God on your family, fight for unity in your family. If you want, if you want the blessing of God upon your business, fight for unity in your business. Because it's a God's principle. Where there is unity, he commands, he directs his blessing. And so we want the blessing of God here at North Point Community Church. So we fight for unity. We fight to protect it. We fight to have it because we know that when we have unity, we are going to experience blessing and favor. And, you know, we, we talk about habits a lot. And this is the reason why we, we talk about habits is because we have discovered that people live life one of two ways. They either live by design or they live by default. You either design the life the way that you want it to be or you end up living by default and that's whatever life hands you. But you don't have to take whatever life hands you. You can create the life that God created you to live. People either live detached or determined. They, they, they live detached away from their purpose, detached away from the call of God, detached away from the life that God has called them to live, or they live determined in order to see it happen. And so that's why we, we talk so much about habits. That's why we stress habits, because you can create the life that God created you for. God would not have told you it was possible and then not make it possible for you. He said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. And because he came and because he said that, that means that abundant life is available for you. He didn't put any qualifiers on that. He didn't say for the pastor and for the missionary. He didn't say, he said, I have come that you, everybody say you. Me. Say that means me. me. He came so that you could have abundant life and you can live the life that you were created to live. But what we have to do is we have to work hard to create that life. And we do it through this thing that we call habits, our house habits. I want to give you the definition of the word habit. One of the definitions is this, an acquired behavior pattern regularly followed 
until it has become almost involuntary. Habit is an acquired behavior pattern regularly followed until it has become almost involuntary. An acquired behavior pattern. I actually went and I looked up the word acquire, and it means to gain for oneself through one's actions or efforts, to, to gain for oneself. And if you remember how we, how we kicked off the year, we, we said that uh, the gain is found in the again. Okay, that was our first series of the year. We talked about the power of again. And our gain is found in our again. Whenever we decide that we're going to get up again, when we decide we're going to try again, whenever we practice it again and again and again and again, it's the power of repetition. When we try it again, practice again, that's where we find our Gain, and it says that if you uh, this habit is an, an acquired, it means to gain through uh, through one's actions or efforts. It's not that means it's not easy. If it's acquired, it means it's got to work. It's got to be with your action, with your effort. That means it is not just going to fall into your lap. A good habit is not just going. You're not just going to wake up tomorrow morning and the good habit be standing there waiting on you. If you want the habit, you've got to acquire it. That means that you gain it through your action and through your effort. So it's an acquired behavior, which we know that's a manner of acting, and it's an acquired behavior pattern, which means there is a model used for making this. You know, you, if you study a pattern, there are weather patterns, there, uh, there are sewing patterns, there are patterns, and the pattern is just the model that is used. And the amazing thing about this is that there is a pattern for our behavior. God has given us a pattern. It is the Word of God, and, and it takes working the Word of God to create the behavior pattern that you need, but it's got to be acquired. That means it's got to be gained. How is it gained? Through work and through effort. And it is the power of habit and acquired behavior pattern regularly followed. Regularly followed. That means you can't wake up and do it, okay, for the first three months of the year or for the first three days of the month and feel like you've got everything figured out. You can't just wake up and do it for the first three months of the year and feel like the rest of the year is going to be okay. No, it has to be regularly followed. I've been preaching the gospel now for 21 years, and I can tell you today that there is a pattern that I had to get up and follow day after day after day after day after day and if I was willing to do it over and over and over and over and over again then it almost becomes involuntary it doesn't say it becomes involuntary because that would not be accurate it becomes almost involuntary see what does that what does that mean for us today it means you have to force now so that you can flourish later you have to force the habit now so that I can flourish later. I have to do the things that I don't really want to do today so that I can be who I really want to be tomorrow. I have to force now so I can flourish later. I have to do the hard work to acquire now. That, that, that word acquire, to gain through one's actions. I have to do the hard work to acquire now so that I can have the life that I desire later. I have the work to acquire so that I can have the life that I desire. And you're here on a Wednesday night. Chances are you want to live a life that pleases God. Yeah. 
Chances are tonight you have some, there is some desire inside of you to live a life that will honor the Lord, to live a life that has purpose and meaning. If you show up on Wednesday night, then you have something, there's a desire in you for something different in life than just what the world offers. But if you are going to have that life that you desire, what are you going to acquire today through the power of your habit? This is what we all know. Is we all know that life is not defined by your, by your intention. It's defined by your attention. You could have rolled into 2017 with intentions that you haven't given any attention to, and your intentions have done you no good. It doesn't matter what you wrote down on your sheet of paper on January 1st. If you have not given that any attention, your intention did not make you any better on this April whatever this is today. Okay, you are not any better. Why? Because you didn't give the right things attention. Here's what I can tell you about, about your attitude. Your attitude will always follow your attention. Your attitude will never follow your intention. You can have the best of intentions, but your attitude will never follow your intention. Your attitude will always be attracted to whatever you're giving attention to. And here's how I can prove it. You say, I intended to be positive. I intended to be positive, but my attention was on all the negative. Then what kind of attitude did you have? Negative. You can say, I intended to forgive, but my attention was on the hurt and the pain. And because my attention was on the hurt and the pain... My attitude goes in that direction. I intended to improve, but my attention continued to drift to the easy path, the path of least resistance. And so which way did your attitude go? Did your attitude move towards improvement? Did it go down the difficult path or did it move down the easy path? Did it move down the average path? No, it went wherever your attention is because that's the way that your attitude will always move. I love this quote from Og Mandino. It says, I have never heard anything about the resolutions of the apostles, but a good deal about their acts. I haven't heard anything about the intentions of the apostles. You know, the book of the Bible is called the book of Acts. It's called the book of Acts because it's the acts of the apostles. It's not called the book of intention. It's not called the, the book of resolutions. It's called the book of Acts. It's the book of action. And these leaders in the first century church, they showed us the importance of building the right habits and the right patterns in our lives. How do you know that? Because the habits and the patterns we preach are the habits and the patterns that they wrote about in the Word. So they were showing us the importance of living according to these habits to get something produced in our lives that we all desire today. The Christian life, uh, being a, a Christ follower, uh, being a disciple of Jesus, it will always be marked by discipline. You cannot separate the words discipline and disciple. They come from the exact same root word. And the Holy Spirit produces things in us to a brand new level that we cannot produce ourselves. But without self-discipline, there is no divine development. I, I, I want you to really get this because one of the, one of the, the, the fruits of the Spirit that are, are found in the book of Ephesians is, is self-control. 
But I want you to understand tonight that without self-discipline, there will be no divine development. Because the Bible does say that the Holy Spirit produces in you the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's what the Holy Spirit produces in us, okay? The Holy Spirit produces those things. But the Holy Spirit does not produce them without us partnering in self-discipline. He will produce self-control, but we have to be disciplined. You see, my self-discipline in every day will help my self-control in every moment. I want you to hear this. My self-discipline every day will help my self-control in every moment. Here's what I'm saying. When I'm disciplined to read, when I am disciplined to pray, when I am disciplined to think the right thoughts, when I am disciplined in gratitude and in worship, when I am disciplined in what, what I am saying to myself, when I am disciplined in these areas, then it's easier for me to have self-control whenever I'm dealing with an unhappy client. It's easier for me to have self-control when I'm dealing with an angry spouse. It's easier for me to have self-control when I'm dealing with a frustrated child. It's easier for me to have self-control in that moment when I have created a self-disciplined life over here. Because when I have filled my mind up with the Word of God, and I have spent time in the presence of God, and I have been thinking the right thoughts all day long, and I have been speaking the right things over my life, when I encounter that situation that I didn't really want to encounter, and I didn't plan to encounter, when I encounter it, I'll be filled up with the right stuff because of my daily discipline and in that moment I will have the right response it'll be self-control and we'll be able to say that the Holy Spirit produced that in me and that's absolutely true the Holy Spirit was able to do that why because I had the discipline of doing what he asked me to do and we all we all need control in that moment I now I know I'm looking out and I'm seeing some angels tonight okay but I know no matter no matter how shiny your halo is tonight and no, no matter how big the wings are on your back, I know there comes a moment in life when you need some self-control. You are dealing with, with a difficult situation. In that moment, your response in that moment will have a lot to do about the discipline of your everyday. And if you don't like the responses of the moment, I would challenge you to look at the disciplines of your day. If you don't like the way that you handle a certain situation, look at the disciplines of the day because your daily discipline, your discipline every day will, will, will help steer you in the right direction. And, and so, yes, we, we, we need this divine development. Yes, we need this Holy Spirit to give us these things that, uh, that, that go beyond what we can give ourselves. The Holy Spirit is the great magnifier. He's the great multiplier. He can give us more love than you could ever give yourself. He can give you more joy than you could ever give yourself. Yourself, more peace than you could ever give yourself. Only God gives peace that passes understanding. You can be a peace-filled person, but the Holy Spirit gives you peace that passes understanding. The world doesn't get peace like that. Goodness and kindness and all these other fruits, the Holy Spirit gives it multiplied over, and he gives self-control multiplied over, but you will not eat the fruit of that spirit if you have not created the discipline in your life to get yourself in position so that you can reap that fruit. And we're talking tonight about honoring consistently, and, and at times it, it takes a lot of self-control to honor. It takes, a, it takes a lot of self-control to honor because some people don't act in a way that's worthy of honor. And when you get in that moment 
And you need self-control to kick in. Why do you need self-control to kick in? Because we don't honor people because they are worthy of honor. We honor people because we are honorable. That is who we are. It doesn't matter who they are. God has called us to be people of honor and to be people that honor. And so when we step in this moment, it takes self-control to honor somebody who is not honorable. It takes self-control to honor somebody who has, who has done bad things and, and you know that they cheat and you know that they do wrong. It, take, it takes a lot of self-control. And when you step into that moment, if you're going to have the right response, it came out of a habit over here that was self-discipline that led you into this habit or led you into this, this fruit of self-control. So we, we have to make sure that we, are always, uh, that, that, that we are always living in these habits that are creating things that we want in our life. And, and we, we, uh, we have a habit, and the habit says we honor consistently, not we honor occasionally. Because you don't get to honor just when you feel like they're worthy. You don't, just, you don't get to honor just 26 years of experience and people who win this award for Barksdale and people who win this award nationally and you stand and you clap and you get to honor who you want to honor. No, you don't honor occasionally. You honor consistently. That is, that is the habit. Well, 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 now wait a minute. Uh, not everybody is put in 26 amazing years serving our country. And not everybody has elevated to the top of their field. I mean, they're, they're, you, are you telling me that I have to honor people who, who, I, who I deemed aren't worthy of honor? Yes. That's what I'm telling you because that's in the word of God. And we're about to go and we're about to look at some of those. But, and, but I want to make a, a distinction before we go any further. There's a big distinction between honor and respect. And people get these two things mixed up. You, you, you have to earn my respect, but I choose to give my honor. That's, that's what God has asked me to do. God has asked me to give honor. We're about to see that in the scripture. And I control that. You don't. You can be the sorriest person on the earth, and I can honor you. I mean, you can be a slime ball. You can be a scumbag. You can be just the sorriest, most worthless person, and I can honor you. Why? Because honoring is my choice. I honor you because who created you? I honor you because God is in you, because God created you, and that's why I choose to honor. Honor is my choice, but now respect. I don't have to respect you. you got to earn that. My trust? No, you have to earn my trust, but I will always choose to honor because honor is always up to me. Honor is never up to you. I will give, I will give honor even, even if I don't respect you. I'll honor you. Why? Because it's an obedience issue. It's an obedience issue. God has instructed us to be people of honor and to be people that give honor. And so honoring is never about anybody else. It's all about you and your relationship with God. Isn't that that's so freeing to know that it, it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't have to judge you. I don't have to judge you by your actions, judge you by your intentions, judge you by your motives, judge you by your words. I don't have to judge you. I just choose to honor you because God told me to do it, and I'm walking in obedience to him, and that is between me and God if I honor you. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 17, it says, Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Okay, somebody does you wrong. What is the way of the world? Do them wrong. Somebody wants to slap you in the face. The world says, turn around, slap them in the face. Jesus says, give them the other cheek and let them slap that one too. Why? Because you will 
the world will get to see that you're not trading evil for evil. You're not trading slap for slap. You're not trading jab for jab. No, no, no. You are living by a different standard and a different code, and that code is something that's called honor. Let everyone see that you are honorable. Romans 12 verse 10 says this, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Is an honor competition. Outdo one another. Can you imagine what the world would be like if, if the world lived by this principle? If people weren't trying to step on other people to get the promotion and we just honored? Can you imagine what, what the world would be like if they lived by this? Could you imagine what your life would be like if you lived by that principle? Trying to always outdo your spouse in honoring. Always outdo your coworker in honoring. Always outdo everybody in the church by honoring. What, what an amazing difference that would make if we tried to live Romans 12, 10 and that we tried to outdo one another by showing honor to each other. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says this, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable. Everybody say honorable. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. He says, fix your thoughts. Think about things that are honorable. Why? Because when you think about honor, you be honor and then you do honor. When you think about being honorable, then you will be honorable and you will do honoring things. But it all starts in how we think. And that's why, that's why the, the, the word of God, you can take it so many ways. When Jesus was saying, just like, you know, don't judge, right? And you think, oh, don't judge, don't judge. That's just about judging. No, no, it's about so much more than that. Because you can't be judging somebody and showing them honor. And here the verse says, no, you got to think about being honorable. You've got to think about being a person that lives with, with honor, not just an honorable life, but you live the life of honoring other people. Think about honor in a huge context. And when you think about it, then you will be about it. And, when you, and, and whenever you be about it, then you will do things that honor other people. God, God got started with Moses on Mount Sinai when he gave him the Ten Commandments, and he put honor into the Ten Commandments. That's how serious God is about honor. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2, he says, Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. Honor starts in your own house. You have the opportunity to honor your father and mother, and that honoring comes with a promise. God says, it will go well for you. What that means, you will have my blessing. You will have my favor. It will go well for you, and you will live a long life. Man, I can tell you one thing. They, they, they say that flossing will extend your life. I can tell you, honoring your parents will do way more than flossing your teeth. Because it's the guarantee of God. Honor your father and mother, and you'll have a long life on the earth. But honor, honoring doesn't just stop in your house. Look at what 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17 says. Honor everyone. Everybody say, ooh. 
Ooh. Ooh. Ooh. You ever, you ever just like read the Bible and you read something that you wish wasn't in there? <laughs> I mean, I honor my mom and dad. Okay, I can honor them. They, they brought me into the world. They brought me in. They can take me out. All that good stuff. I mean, but you know, you just, you, you just honor every, every, everyone. That's what the word of God says. Honor everyone. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood, it says. Fear God. Honor the emperor. That means to honor, you, honor your authority. Honor your leader. Honor your president. Honor your governor. Honor those people. Honor your mayor. You honor those people. Why? It doesn't matter what crazy policies they write. It doesn't matter if you don't agree with what they did 10 years ago. It doesn't matter if you don't agree with what they said on the news last night. None of that matters. Why? Because I don't honor you according to who you are. I honor you according to who I am. And I will be a person that honors. And I choose to honor the position because I'm a person that follows the word of God. And the word of God says that I should honor everyone. And I should honor those that are in authority over me. And so I'm just going to live out the word and I'm just going to be obedient. So I'm going to honor. I'm going to honor. We get to practice this principle by, by honoring, honoring God. We get to honor God with our worship, honor God with our life. Proverbs 3 verse 9 says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. This, you get so much practice. You can practice honoring God. He says, honor me with your wealth. Live in obedience. Live a generous life. Live in obedience to my word. Tithe and offering. Live in those things. And, and you get to practice. You get to practice honoring the Lord. And so we, we see this uh, uh, throughout the scripture in so many different ways. And, and we want to do that consistently. I don't want to just honor God with my wealth one time a year. I don't want to just honor God with, with what he has given me uh, sporadically, occasionally. No, I want to honor God consistently. I get to practice that principle. Let me just give you two things uh, as, as we um, wrap up tonight. Two things that you can't honor consistently without. Two things that you can't honor consistently without. Number one is humility. You cannot honor consistently without humility. Proverbs 15, 33 says this, fear, the, fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. Humility precedes honor. Fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. Humility precedes honor. Now, this can be taken in two ways. And the way that we, can, we, we typically think about it is that humility precedes you being honored by the Lord, that you have to be humble, and whenever you're humble, that the Lord will honor you. Whenever you live in humility, you will receive honor uh, from other people. I can tell you that the three people that we brought on the stage tonight are, are three of the most humble people in the entire room. That's how they live, and there's no, there, is no, there is no surprise why they were honored by their authority, why they were honored, because they live with so much humility. Yes, that is true, but I want to flip it around on you too and also say that humility precedes honor, that you cannot give honor until you first live in humility. I, I, I can't give honor away if I am not humble. I must be humble in order to give and to receive honor. And, and Romans 12, 2 says this. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you in a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. 
Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, Paul writes, he says, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Wow, it's amazing. He says, let God change the way that you think. When you let God change the way that you think, then he is going to transform your life. And when God changes the way that you begin to think, then you get to get to then you get to live verse 3 and you get to don't think about yourselves higher than you are. You get to think about yourselves how you actually are. Why? Because out there in the world everybody wants to think they're better than they are. That's just that is that is our human that's our human nature. I mean it doesn't matter if you're an athlete, you think you're a better athlete than you actually are. If, if you play in the band, you think you're a better instrument player. Everybody in here drives, you think you're a better driver than you actually are. We all think that we are better than we actually are. And so he says here, let God transform you. Let God change you. Let him do that by changing the way that you even think about yourselves. Let it, See yourself the way. How do you get there? Humility. Humility. And humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking about yourself less. That This is why humility has to come before honor. Come, Joel, come here real quick. This is why humility has to, has to come before honor. Because, you know, people, people get on this thing that's called false humility. Okay? You've, all, you've seen it before, right? You've seen it. This false humility, and people want to live in that false humility. And what they want to do is talk about how bad that they are and how little they deserve everything. And the amazing thing about that is while I'm talking about how low I am and how much lack I have and all of my things, all I'm really doing is focusing on myself. How can I honor him when I'm, that's not humility. That is selfishness. But people think they're being humble. Because I'm talking low about myself and I don't deserve anything. I don't, you're just focused on you. I can't honor him if I'm focused on myself. So it's not me thinking less of myself. I'm just thinking about myself less. And when I live with that type of humility, guess what I get to do? I get to honor him for who he is. And I get to talk about how amazing he is and how gifted he is and how talented he is and how called he is and the purpose of God for his life. And I get to speak to all of his amazing attributes and all of his talents and gifts. I get to pump him up. I get to honor him. Why? Because I'm living in humility. I'm not thinking about me. If I'm sitting here just talking about, oh, I just don't know. I'm not honoring him. Humility comes before honor. This is why we have to live in humility because it's not just that you live in humility. It's that you're able to honor. And you can't honor others if you don't live in humility because it's always going to be about you. And as long as it's always about you, it's never about anybody else. So I have to be focused on other people so I can honor them. And the only way that I can do that is when I live in humility. Thanks, Joel. Give Joel a great hand there. But we have to change the way that we think because that's not the way that the world works. This is the way the kingdom of God works. We've got to change our thinking so that we can change the way that we see ourselves. 1 Peter 5.5 says this, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility. Clothe yourselves. Put on humility every day. Towards who? Towards one another. 
That's everybody. You put, you put on humility. Every morning when you wake up, put humility on like it's a coat. Put humility on like it's your clothes. Why do you need to put humility on? Why? Because you have to do what Romans says and you have to honor everyone. And if you're not walking surrounded in humility, honoring other people is out of the question. You've got to put on humility every day so that you can live the word of God by honoring every single person that you come in contact with. The Bible says God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. And because that we put humility on every day, that means we get to honor those that are around us. That's why you, you, that's why you can't live in honor. You can't honor consistently without humility. And chances are, if you, if you have a problem with honor, then you have a problem with humility. Because it will be the biggest roadblock that you will experience to honoring other people because this is what you will say, they don't deserve it. And the only way you can say they don't deserve it is because we're playing the superior-inferior game. I'm better than they are. I'm worse than they are. We're comparing ourselves with everybody else. See, you, you have to have if, you have, if you have trouble honoring your boss, honoring your, honoring your coworker, honoring your spouse, honoring, honoring your parents, if you have a trouble, ch chances are that you have a problem living in real humility. And if you woke up every day and you put humility on, if you allowed God to change the way that you think so he could transform who you were, then all of a sudden now you start seeing yourself in a different light. And what you would begin to see is that you are who you are because of grace. So, so that, that's, the, that's the second thing that you, you can't honor consistently without. You can't honor consistently without grace. The Bible says in John chapter 1, it says, From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. God honored you. See it this way. God honored you by giving you something you didn't deserve. God honored you. You were not worthy of honor. And God honored you by sending his son to die on a cross for you. That is the greatest honor that could ever be shown anyone to be given the greatest gift that this world has ever known. And that's what God gave you. God gave you his very best gift. God honored you with grace. And so what do we have to do? We have to have grace for others. And by extending grace for others, guess what we get to do? We get to honor. To honor you because I'm not, I'm not judging you. I'm honoring you. The only way I can honor you is if I'm living in grace. The only way that I can live in grace is if I have humility. See, they're so connected. Because I can't be walking around proud, feeling good about who I am, and give grace to you. Because I'm, I'm, I'm in a competition with you. I'm in a, I'm in a game with you. I'm, 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 I'm seeing what kind of level of spirituality you're on. And I'm trying to figure out, is, is this somebody that I should honor? Is this somebody that I should speak to? Is this somebody that I should ignore? Is this somebody that I should walk past? Is this somebody that I should shake their hand? Is this somebody who can help me get to the next place? Is this just the person that's here that's here to serve me? I, I'm, I'm looking at everybody and I'm trying to figure it out. But not whenever you realize that God gave you something that you didn't deserve. And he gave you grace. And out of that grace now can look at you and because I received that grace I'm walking in the humility of that grace and because I'm walking in humility now I have the opportunity to honor everybody around me because I realized that what I was given I didn't deserve and it doesn't matter if you deserve it or not I'm going to give it to you anyway because that's what God did for me 
And that's how we honor consistently. That's how you do it. You make up in your mind, I'm going to live in humility. You make up in your mind that I'm going to walk in the grace that God gave me. And because I'm going to walk in that grace, I'm going to live in humility. And because I live in humility, now all of a sudden, that opens every door for me to be able to honor you. I'm going to close by, by reading the scripture in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. It says, as each has received a gift, everybody, everybody's received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. God has given us all grace. We all receive the gift of Christ, but he's given us other gifts. Some people have a gift to serve, and some people have a gift to sing. Some people have a gift to lead. Some people have a gift to speak. Some people have all kinds of different giftings. God has given everybody gifts, but, but the greatest gift is Jesus. And out of that gift, we have to be good stewards. And the Bible says we have to serve one another. We have to serve one another. How, how can I serve you? How can, how can I serve you if I don't honor you? It's the greatest, the greatest honor ever is that you were served. That's why the Bible says that Jesus came to serve and not be served. Why? Because he came to give you honor. He wanted to honor you. And so we come and we serve one another through honor, but we can't ever get to honor without humility. That's why Jesus got down and he washed the disciples' feet. It, was, it wasn't about the feet. It was about the act of serving. Why? Because Jesus got down here and he said, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't count myself to be up here. I want you to see me serving you right now. I want you to see this happening. Why? Because he wanted us to model this following after him. Humility. Humility. And whenever we live in this humility, then it opens the door for us to honor consistently. If, if you don't live in this humility, you will continue to honor occasionally. Now, God didn't say honor who you think you should honor. He didn't say honor on, on the good days. Honor when you get a good night's sleep. Honor who you want to honor. That's not what God said. God, God's word says honor everyone. Honor everyone. And the only way I've found to be able to do that is if I wake up every day and I put on humility like a jacket. And I walk in that humility because that humility is a sign of God's grace. I receive something I didn't deserve. You know what? There's going to be somebody I encounter. And they're not going to deserve my smile, but I'm going to give it to them anyway. They're not going to deserve my encouragement, but I'm going to give it to them anyway. They're not going to deserve my $5, but I'm going to, I'm going to give them $5 anyway. They're not going to deserve, deserve my time, but I'm going to give them my time anyway. They're not going to deserve. It's going to happen every day, all day long. They're not going to deserve it according to the standard that we could live in, but I, I, did, I didn't wake up and say, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to judge everybody that I come in contact with. I'm going to see if I should serve them. No, I put on humility and said, God, you've given me so much grace that I did not deserve. I'm going to walk in that grace today, and that grace demands humility out of me so that I can honor every person that I come in contact with. So now, every person I encounter, it's not, am I going to honor them? 
how am I going to honor them? Because I honor consistently. I don't honor you because you're a person that made good choices. I honor you because you made bad choices. I honor you if you have a home. I honor if you don't have a home. I honor you if you can help me. I honor you if you can't do anything for me. Why? Because that's what the Word of God instructs us to do. Honor consistently. Honor everyone. And I know that we want to be the people that honor consistently. And if we're going to do that, we have to be people that live in humility and walk in His grace so that we can honor the way that He instructed us to honor. Will you stand with me? Why don't you bow your heads just for a moment? Come on, this is a habit. This is a habit that we all want in our lives. Habit to honor everyone. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, you say, Philip, man, I, I, I really, I really want to honor. But you say, man, if I'm honest, this is a, this is, this is a challenge for me. This is a struggle for me. Can I tell? Can I just be honest with you tonight? As you guys are about, this is one of the greatest challenges for me personally. I just want to be honest. Giving people second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chances. Oh man, I just oh gets me. Honoring people that had amazing opportunities and they threw it all away. People who had spouses that loved them and adored them and they went out and they committed adultery and their family has suffered and oh man, all the things and had great jobs and they stole from their company and they got fired and everything that came after all the way down the list is so difficult but can I tell you you can create the habit it says, I don't care about your story. I know my story. I don't care about what you've done. I know what I have done. I don't care about how many times you've messed up. I know how many times I messed up. And God honored me by giving his grace. And because God honored me with such an amazing, precious gift of grace, I have no choice but to wake up today and put on humility, to clothe myself in humility, to put it on each and every day. And when I clothe myself in humility, humility precedes honor. And I put it on every morning so that I can honor every single person I encounter throughout the day. And it's not me making a decision in that moment. I have already made a decision about who I'm going to be so I don't have to make a decision about who you are and I choose to honor you consistently every time, every moment, and every day.